Good morning. Welcome to C. Myers Live. My name is Sally Myers and I'm a principal at C. Myers Corporation. Hi, and I'm Brian McHenry. I'm also a principal at C. Myers Corporation. We're launching C. Myers Live because we're getting tons of phone calls from our clients and we thought it would be helpful to share our insights. We know everybody's slammed right now, so we're gonna work to keep this discussion to 30 minutes or less. And today what we're gonna focus on is living in a 0% rate environment combined with uh, record volumes of mortgage refi applications. And when we start, we're gonna focus on the net interest margin and talk through some of the what-if scenarios that we think you should be running to get a quick understanding of the financial impact. We believe this is really powerful and it can actually be calming as people look at the potential financial performance in a 0% rate environment and also remembering that this is definitely a stormy day and net worth ratios, you've been building your net worth ratios over time for something like this. And as a matter of fact, back uh, when we had the other economic downturn, net worth ratios were essentially the same entering that, that downturn as what's happening today. So Brian works with a ton of our clients running many, many options. So Brian, what are you seeing? Well, you, one of the things you started off saying is, of course, on the mortgage refi side of things, lots of places seeing huge increases in demand and volume and request as a result of long-term rates really being historically low, lower than they were even back in 2008. So lots of consumers trying to take advantage of refinancing their mortgage. So from a running a what if and testing an idea, starting there from the quick impact and understanding what that potential financial impact is of mortgage refinancing, really gonna be key to do that right now. Think about this too, when it comes to the mortgage refinancing, think about in 2008, 2009, last time rates were really low, not everybody had the equity and the, the property values that we're seeing today because that crisis was all about a housing bubble that popped. Here, what we're seeing is rates that are even lower than they were in 2008 and property values that are even higher than they were in 2008, so lots more opportunity. Now, why am I saying that? Because it's important to think about when you think about the prepayment speeds and the volume of mortgage refinancing and how you're gonna test that, making sure to incorporate that into your testing. So what does that look like? Well, first, keep in mind that you should look at the first mortgages and the second mortgages. And so when you run your first what if, think about taking about 50% of your second mortgages and assume that they go away and they actually refinance into a first mortgage. And then test out seeing your entire first mortgage portfolio, take, take some percentage, 30%, 50% of that portfolio and have it repriced down and understand the impact of that. Second, then think about the prepayment speeds. Again, going back to the previous economic crisis is a good starting point from looking at what were your prepayments like back then a lot of the prepayments were defaults. Some were mortgage refis as well. Start there and then actually assume that they could be even faster than what they were last time, again, because of stronger property values and even lower rates. So if your, for example, prepayment speeds were 30% 2008, 2009 during that crisis, think of actually testing what if the prepayments go back to that level, but then even go beyond that and actually get up to 50%, 75%. 
and really understanding what's the potential impact of that. So that's that quick hit, understanding the impact of the mortgage refi boom. Okay, so in what I'm hearing you when you're talking about it is you say first and second as far as options go. One of the things to keep in mind, because as you're running the options, if your CFO's here listening to this discussion, you're running the options for the rest of your leadership team and your board, and even for yourself, you're going to want to understand the impact of each thing. So it's like a scientific experiment, break it down into smaller what ifs, and then you can do one big combination what if, uh, again, to understand the things that might have the greatest impact. If you understand that, then you can start putting strategies in place to possibly overcome those impacts. Yeah, absolutely. It's really about isolating the variables and understanding the impact of each of these moving pieces. Great to have one big combination what if. What that'll do is let you see the overall picture. It also doesn't let you see what's having the greatest impact in that big combination what if. So start off, isolate the variables, and then absolutely run different combinations of what ifs after this. Okay, so we're focused right now still on the yield on assets. So let's go ahead and, and hit the investment portfolio. What's going on there? Oh, actually, though, yeah. before the investment portfolio, the other thing that that we should probably talk about is what if we need to reprice the, the rest of the loans as if we're going to live in a 0% environment for an extended period of time? Yeah, great, great point. So here again, the first couple what ifs are on that quick mortgage refi boom, which a lot of places are experiencing today. Then what happens if we do say stay in a sustained 0% environment? As Sally said, go back and start with the loan portfolio. And what if the loan portfolio starts to reprice down? You can look at the production, make some assumptions, and just assume that your yield on loans goes down as you start to bring on lower yielding loans. Again, start, start there, understand that impact. Then to your question on the investments, of course, assets are more than just the loans. You have these investments. So next, another what if here, another idea that you'd wanna test is of course taking your overnight rate down, right? We already know uh, the rates have dropped pretty significantly. Overnight yields are now zero to 25%. So start there, dude, and drop that rate. Overnight rates are zero to? 25 basis points, yeah, did yeah, I say yeah. 25%? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone that would, would be love, nice. that would be very nice. Yeah, that is absolutely. not what I meant. Yeah. Absolutely. So start there then you really have some questions and things you need to think about for the rest of your investment portfolio. Obviously, if you have any variable rate investments, then you should show those repricing down as well. Then it's a question of, are you intending to hold these investments or do you want to sell them because there's gains opportunities right now? That gets into the larger picture of what you might need from a liquidity perspective, but start by thinking that through in terms of what you want to do with the investments. And do you actually want to hold all the overnights that you have at that low yielding rate? Well, but I think on that too, a consideration we should be thinking of and, and we're talking to our clients about is, it's a delicate balance right now from a liquidity perspective, because what we don't know is like the last economic downturn, of course, there was this big flight to safety not sure if there's going to be a big flight to safety this time around mm -hmm. or if there might be a liquidity crunch so again having strategic conversations and and actually possibly be prepared for both or at least test the financial consequences of both scenarios what's your thought on that yeah absolutely tested on both sides so as you said in the last economic crisis there was a huge flight to safety 
what we're hearing also though this time is that lots of members are are having high dollar amount withdrawals because they're deciding they'd rather have the cash in their mattress than at the institution so that they have access to it so it could be on either side no downside in testing both so that you understand the impact and then can start identifying how you might respond in those cases more specifically to the investment portfolio and actually really the assets in general something that you may want to consider is also testing what would it be like and what's the impact of holding a higher amount of vault and atm cash so if you have your normal average amount, it's a non-earning it's a non-earning cash item. What if you did take some overnights or sold some investments and actually held it in cash yeah. in your vault? What would be the impact of that as well? Yeah, and I guess that's sort mm -hmm. of the if you were looking for some good news mm -hmm. that that might not hurt as much because rates are so low. Absolutely. But but cash management and having access to cash because we don't know what the consumer's going to do really needs to be thought about well in advance mm -hmm. because we know some in some cases logic is not necessarily driving consumer behavior at this point in time that's that's right that's right and so then of course we're focused on the asset side right now and thinking mm -hmm. about liquidity and some of the considerations obviously big questions on the liability side yeah. and the deposits so go back to we've talked about you want to test what if there is a flight to safety and your deposits increase what if there are lots of withdrawals what does that look like and now you don't have enough deposits which might put some pressure on your liquidity either side really a lot of things to think through what are some things that you might want to test through right now again let's start with maybe some of the shorter term impacts rates have dropped dramatically uh, treasury rates the fed rate has dropped dramatically so one of the things you could test is what if you take your non-maturity deposits down to zero and then also take your cd rates and drastically cut them Go back to what Sally said, really delicate balance here on what you need in terms of in terms of liquidity. And the idea here is to understand the potential impact. So as you're trying to manage the fact that the asset side of the balance sheet may be repricing down, what are your options to manage that through the liability side? Well, lowering your cost of funds. So understand what that does from a, a financial impact. Then of course, continue to step back and say, what do we need from a liquidity perspective? Yeah, absolutely. And remember part of this too, can't punctuate it enough, is there's the power in seeing the potential financial outcomes and what are some of the levers that you can pull to offset assets repricing down is what Brian is saying. It's not as if you're going to go immediately to the ALCO and recommend that you drop deposit rates to zero. Right now you're just exploring various options and understanding the overall financial impact and on that note, actually, um, we, we have a question here with respect to got what should the question is, what should we be doing with our CD promos? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And there's really two things to think about from CD promotions. One, if you have an active CD promotion, what do you do with that right now? Do you continue to let it run and attract the deposits, which could be an opportunity and a strategy to gain some market share in this rate environment? You want to, of course, go back to continue to think about what your potential liquidity needs are and do you need that, that much funding coming in. On the other side, what if you ran a promotion nine months, 12 months, 18 months ago, and now you're about to start seeing those funds come due? What do you do with those? Start thinking through what would it look like if we decided not to try and retain any of those funds and just let them walk away? 
what if we did another CD promotion, but at about half the rate or much lower rate than what we ran a year ago, and we retain some of those funds? And what happens if that funding just moves into non-maturity deposits? Again, testing that range of options to see what happens from a liquidity perspective. Right, and I think that that is absolutely critical. And then you have to combine that thought, and we're not here to pile on, we're here to just help you think in advance of what could occur. So another thing to think about is, will you have uh, the access to borrowings that you think you have today? Because again, there's stresses on the financial system, and if there's a liquidity stress on the financial system, might the third parties start to implement their business continuity plan, which means they might cut access to the lines of credit. And that's another thing that needs to be considered and probably tested. Absolutely, I would test that. And we saw that in the last economic crisis, a lot of the FHLB stepped back and they made people reapply for their lines of credit. They also cut lines of credit. It's one of the things in their business continuity plans, if you pull it up, it's the way they manage their net worth as well, which is to reduce the size of their mm -hmm. balance sheet, which would mean less borrowing availability for credit unions. Mm -hmm. Another thing to think about is, because borrowing rates are so low, is it an opportunity to borrow right now and lock in your cost of funds at some historically low borrowing rates? Again, that's part of that testing different ideas and figuring out what that delicate balance of liquidity and go back to what if there's a flight to safety? And what if on the other side, there are large withdrawals? How do you want to handle that? Yeah, and then on the flight to safety, uh, that's another thing that needs to be tested as yeah. well because again, nobody knows what's going to happen. And if you have assets repricing down to historical lows, you've pulled the lever on the cost of funds, it, there's still gonna be pressure on earnings. I know we haven't talked about some of the things that could occur on the, the operating expense side or the non-interest income side. And obviously we need to touch on credit risk but another flight to safety could put more pressure on that net worth, which we, we all know that, and we've seen that happen in the past. Mm -hmm. So wanting to be mindful of time, we will scratch the surface on the net operating expenses, and, and I know that there'll be lots of questions with respect to that. As we said before, feel free to call us. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that we're thinking on operating expenses is as we're talking to our clients, in some cases, in getting ready for working remotely, additional expenses with respect to helping people get paid, et cetera, that not touching the operating expenses right now, they could go up temporarily and then maybe settle back down. Some credit unions are trying to fast forward their digital strategy, so that could cause an increase in operating expenses. That would be up to each individual credit union. One of the things we're not hearing is that there's a decline in operating expenses at this point. That doesn't mean that there couldn't be different levers to pull going forward once uh, things settle down. With respect to non-interest or with respect to yeah non-interest uh, income, then there's another thing to watch and really start looking into your your uh, business intelligence on that. From a an interchange income, 
might that interchange income go up short term as people are buying supplies, et cetera, but then might that settle down or even go down depending on how long we're in this environment? Also with respect to overdraft protection, might that go up in the short term and settle down in the long term? So from that perspective, not much news on that, just probably keeping it roughly the same, but definitely using your business intelligence to monitor and watch for trends. And then, of course, we have to talk a little bit about credit risk. Yeah, absolutely. And all those options and ideas that we're talking about testing on the loan side, you really need to start by testing them in isolation and then think about the credit risk implications of it. So what happens if credit risk does start to rise because your members can't work or their hours are reduced and they're not able to pay? There's also what if you start doing some things to help your members? What does that do from an overall credit risk perspective? So first, start with go back to 2008, 2009 and use that as a reference point for what happened to credit risk. Different crisis, right? We're not seeing the housing values drop and the losses from mortgage perspective. However, that was a credit risk event. And so start there to understand the overall impact as Sally has been saying, really the idea is understand and get a view of what this could look like to help you start thinking through the levers and the way you might wanna respond if it were to go to that level. That's an easy way to understand from a credit risk perspective. Again, for being repetitive here, even though this crisis is not exactly the same, there could be additional credit risk impacts. So start there. Yeah, yeah, and and, and we're getting a, a lot of questions here, uh, questions with respect to what are things that we can do while we're testing these financial implications and wanna understand the financial outcomes. At the same time, credit unions are out there to help their members, help their communities, and so we use the term delicate balance quite often throughout this conversation, but it is a delicate balance. And one of the things as you're doing different things to keep in mind is what, how do you want to come out the other side of this with respect to the, the strength of your brand? And so ways that you can help um, members today, what, what some of our clients are talking about is, you know, what if you do a skip a pay? Mm -hmm. What if you, decide to waive interest for a certain period of time, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Yeah, also um, they're looking at how do they change their remote deposit capture limits so that people can deposit larger and larger checks because they don't wanna go into the branch. On the ATM side, they're looking at increasing ATM limits as well. If members do want to pull out cash and they don't have access to the branches or don't want to go into the branches, that's a way to continue to help members. Well, not only members not wanting to go into the branch, mm -hmm. but we're also hearing um, some financial institutions, their employees don't want to touch cash. And so if their members want the cash, mm -hmm. then how can the credit union help them get the access to the cash while they're dealing with this, uh, the issue of the employees not wanting to touch cash. And then also there's a, there's a decision that might need to be made with respect to different limits for uh, cash members versus non-members. Mm -hmm. Something to think about is how prepared are your competitors in this environment? And if your competitors aren't prepared, it might put extra pressure 
on your organization with respect to ca cash management is just one example. And on that too, the examples that we just noted, think back, all of those could have credit risk implications, whether it's fraud or just loans going bad or you know any of the myriad things that could happen there. On the other side, think through, this is where you can, on the non-interest income, as Sally was saying, there could be lots of different things that happen. These things could also impact your non-interest income as well, because if you are trying to do cash management, do you charge high, higher fees for non-members? Do you waive fees for your members to help try to try and help them out in this moment of need? So those are the things to be thinking about in these opportunities as well. This is why testing some of the, the credit risk, especially non-interest income, watching the business intelligence to see, do you need to test something? Right, yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And then the other thing we mentioned as far as uh, in the beginning, the digital strategy and there's a push for a number of credit unions or in a number of credit unions to fast forward their digital strategy. Again, that's third party reliant as well, but could this be an opportunity too to help your members and really promote and maybe give extra rewards? You have to figure that out for yourself for online usage of debit cards and credit cards to work that interchange income. And then going back to helping the membership as well, uh, you know, there's talk about two people need, consumers might have a short-term cash flow gap. So can you use your business intelligence to maybe help people get access to their pay a couple of days sooner? That might help. And that can be a great member give back, uh, a great service to the community. What some um, others are talking about as well, and again, this depends on how much time you have to spend on new types of programs in this moment of chaos, but there are members that are in needs. There are consumers that are in needs. And so some are starting to explore, gosh, maybe there can be a way where other members could help members by donating their rewards, their debit card rewards, their, their um, credit card rewards as well. So again, the purpose of this C. Myers Live was to try to give you some ideas of how to understand what it could look like living in a 0% rate environment combined with record mortgage refis. And again, as you're doing these tests, when you're testing them, it's happened, it, it, the test will show what would it look like if you were snapping your fingers and, and all of this happened simultaneously. All of this is not going to happen simultaneously, but it's a good idea to understand what the potential outcome could be. And there's a power in seeing the numbers, relying on your net worth, communicating the possible financial outcomes to other decision makers to get the mindset and then always know that there will be opportunity out there. Once you get this established, you can start looking at different levers that you could pull so that you can enhance your financial outcomes. We appreciate your time today. And again, as we said before, please feel free to send us your questions and we'll do the very best we can to answer them in the next C. Myers Live.
or we'll answer them directly. If you have a timing issue, please feel free to let us know that you have a timing issue. We'd be happy to get on the phone with you and talk to you individually. Thanks again for your time. Yeah, thank you.